0: All right, welcome back to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me is Brandon. Brandon, how is everything going? I'm
1: doing great. How are you, Caleb?
0: I'm doing good. I knew, I kind of figured you would be doing great because I know that you are so excited about this week. You know why I know you're excited about this week? (laughs) Why is that? Because the new Marvel movie is coming out.
1: Oh, of course. I'm pins and needles for that. I know how excited (laughs) you get for
0: superhero
1: movies uh dude there couldn't be any more of them i mean there's not i couldn't have enough of them
0: (laughs) you just you just brandon for those of you who don't know is the type of person that just wants to drown himself in
1: (laughs) superhero movies i want to be steeped in superhero movies
0: (laughs) there's no bigger fan of superhero movies than brandon <laughs> if anyone cannot tell this has been complete sarcasm.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um yeah, that was just I guess a good way for me to use steeped. I mean, that's a saying it doesn't get used too much.
0: Yeah, I kind of was just like where where is this coming from?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh dude, to me it's just there's too many of them. It's overkill. Um What was I telling you? The, the last one I saw in theater Oh. I, wow, was it? the Last one I saw on theater, I think was Man of Steel. Oh yeah. Wow. And okay. then um I think the last one I watched in general was uh Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. The first one.
0: Yeah. So not too bad. I Brandon and I kind of feel uh feel the same way about things. I'm a little bit more into a Actually, probably recently because my wife has gone back into it. So she wanted to watch everything and she likes it enough that we might wind up seeing the new one in theater at some point. But I'm not I'm not like, oh, my gosh, I have to see it. So I miss the good old days when superhero comic movies, whatever you want to label it as were, you know, rare and really had hype around them now it's like every single year there's what three or more oh
1: at least dude it seems like there's like one every other month
0: yeah so it's lost it's uh the the joy for me well not the joy but all the hype anyway
1: i mean it kind of happens with with movies in general um i mean it happens a lot in like um horror movies you get a whole bunch of like, sub-genres that are super popular, uh, like oh, yeah. slasher movies, like when Halloween came out, it was one of the only ones out uh, that got super popular, and then it spawned like a whole bunch of rip-offs. Mm-hmm. Um, like found footage movies is another thing, you know, shaky cam movies.
0: Oh yeah, Cloverfield. Was,
1: oh yeah, there's been, there's been a whole bunch of those, and uh, like torture porn movies, they call them, so like Saw. You know, where it's just like an oh. overdose of torture.
0: Wow, I didn't realize that. So that was hostile. The label for
1: that. Yeah, that's the label for it for some reason. I'm not entirely sure why, but weird. I think it's just like a basically like saying it exploits the yeah. torture and gore.
0: Hmm. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Learn something new. But that does not overlook our segment where we do our did you know. Which this week is brought to you by the one and only Brandon. So, Brandon, take it away.
1: (laughs) I got one that um, you'll appreciate. um, Because it's from our favorite sport of baseball.
0: All right.
1: Uh, Did you know that the actual playing time in a Major League Baseball game is only 9 minutes and 55 seconds? Like the average actual time that they're actually playing the sport. Is nine minutes and fifty five seconds. No. Yeah, I mean, with all the like the the, so I, the time in between pitches, times in between innings, um, in between batters.
0: So wait, so that so is this technically like the time of say when a ball actually gets hit and put in play, essentially? Yeah, when a,
1: when a pitch is thrown, you know, if the ball is hit or you know it's like thrown back to the the pitcher. Wow. that only adds up to on average 9 minutes and 55 seconds. And so a game that... usually goes about 3 hours.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh man, that's that just makes things worse.
1: I know. Like I always thought it was a slow sport, but that I saw that the other day and it just blew my mind. And I had to save it. I actually saw it a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, I got to save this for Did You Know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, where did you see it? Was it like Sports Center or like online? I think, somewhere? It, was, I
1: think it was Bleacher Report.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. That, that one does kind of blow my mind. I mean, just like you said, we all thought and realized that was slow, but man, that is real slow.
1: Yeah. I mean, compare that to the amount of time and. You know, like football, um, basketball, especially basketball is nonstop action. Um, Hockey's hockey's kind of the same way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Baseball, it's got to be the slowest.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I can't imagine anything else really coming close to that cricket, maybe. (laughs) Which is pretty much baseball. Pretty much. Only with a British accent. (laughs) Baseball, but with British accent. And the food at the stadium was worse. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that's a good one. I, I like that one. And you were definitely correct. That that uh, that was good. So I don't know if that will be coming up on trivia anytime soon. But uh, as we progress, that will bring us on into that segment that Brandon specializes in with the scary set of the week. What you got?
1: actually uh surprisingly and, and kind of funny for our show is that it's a baseball stat oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one i found a bleacher report and it, it also blew my mind um so remember 1998 when they had the, the home run race yeah between sammy sosa and mark mcguire
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: so mark mcguire hit 70 home runs in 1998 which the distance traveled of those is a total of twenty nine thousand five hundred and ninety eight feet, which is enough to fly over Mount Everest.
0: Huh. It's an interesting stat. Yeah, I remember uh watching Mark McGuire play because my grand uh my grandparents watched baseball mm-hmm. and um they watched him play quite a bit. So I do I, I this is probably the most baseball you're gonna get on our show right now. <laughs> between the pa- uh, past two topics and everything, but, yeah, I do I do remember Mark w- McGuire, and then, of course, I mean, everybody remembers Sammy Sosa.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, what a lot of people might not remember, or no one really mentions, I guess, is the fact that uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was also in that race that year. Oh, really? Yeah, he was cranking home runs left and right as well. Um, he was pretty close to Sammy for a while, and then I believe he got hurt. And that kind of put an end to his uh, home runs that season.
0: Okay. Well, you know what people don't talk about enough when it comes to sport of baseball mm. and that that's steroids
1: <laughs> <laughs> or that, and who should be in the hall of fame. I mean, that doesn't get talked about enough either.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> or
0: Detroit tigers. <laughs> boo, boo, bee, boo. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Good time. So there you go. There's uh, I think we baseball ourselves out for the rest of baseball season. So you can scratch that one off the list.
1: It's for your baseball fans there.
0: Yeah. For your health. (laughs) Uh, But then we also don't want to forget about our rock moment of the week. And uh, this one I feel like is uh, a little overdue. I mean, I, this has been in the talks for a long time, and I'm not even the biggest fan of this sport. I, I do thoroughly enjoy it. I just don't catch the games all that often. But this week it became official. And I uh, believe officially <clears throat> happened on Friday. And so Detroit, your boy's coming home with Steve Eisman, Or he's already he already is home. Steve Iserman. The Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings, Red Wings, <laughs> new GM. And I cannot really, I don't know if, if there's ever been a bigger excitement or more hype around someone coming to take over an organization that's been positively received on all, like everywhere I've seen, like Steve Eiserman.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, surprisingly, what it it reminded me of was, uh, Harbaugh coming in as a coach of Michigan.
0: Yeah. I thought about that too. Just the
1: excitement and then like the sheer happiness of, you know, like all the fans. Um, I mean, Iserman, he's like, he was the captain for like almost 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, he's probably like the second greatest red wing ever. Um, for as great as he was, I mean, the greatest Red Wing ever is Gordy Howe. Nobody's going to argue that.
0: Yeah, and and I that popped into my mind too about the excitement with Harbaugh. I don't know. I I'm not like necessarily going to throw anybody or anything under the bus, but there was some kind of skepticism I think still with that uh, with Harbaugh and everything. And of course, I'm not as ingrained into hockey as you are, but it's just been like everywhere any anything you see printed on social media in conversations everything has been positive and it's going to be a little bit different because of the general manager position but uh it will be interesting i hope that things do not turn out for him um it's gonna be different well i don't know it might not be too crazy different i don't know how fast or anything that might be able to turn around but um i hope people don't turn as quickly on him if things don't produce like they want them to as they did Harbaugh, but that's a side
1: note. Yeah, I think um, most Red Wings fans are, you know, kind of realistic about um, where the team's at right now and how long it'll take them to get to Stanley Cup uh, contenders. You know, Eiserman yeah. uh, he did a great job at, at, in Tampa. I mean, They were, they were kind of stagnant. I mean, they had a couple older players. They had uh, Vincent LeCavalier and uh, Marty St-Louis. Uh, those are two like, of the greatest players that the Lightning have ever had. And Eiserman, you know, went in there. He made the tough decision to, you know, buy out LeCavalier. He was getting older. And, uh, he wasn't producing as much as he was before. And he was, you know, it was a big paycheck to be right. Uh, and then with St-Louis, he ended up trading him and getting some value out of him. So... You know, he's shown that he's not afraid to make the tough decisions. Uh you know, coming back to Detroit where he spent his entire career, that's you know, it's obvious that's a passion for him. So you're gonna know he's gonna see him more driven than he was with Tampa, which like I said last week, Tampa was the best team in the NHL this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do remember you talking about that in our conversation. So there there was one thing in there that you said that uh didn't mm-hmm. make sense to me when you put two words together, and that was fans and realistic. So
1: <laughs> Hockey fans are hockey fans are a little bit different than in other sports. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, it's kinda of hard to explain. Uh, hockey fans, I guess. You know, I mean, the Red Wings have their diehard fans too, just like any other sport. But you know, I feel like they kind of understand a little bit more of what all the work that goes into building a franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because the Red Wings were terrible in like the '70s and '80s, and they waited so long to get the Stanley Cup, and then you know they stuck around for so long afterwards as well. Uh, I mean, they haven't really shown up. Too much in the last few years, but, you know, it's been a long time since the Red Wings have been, like, super relevant, I suppose. Like, it's been a few years since they made the playoffs. After making the playoffs, like, every year for, God, I don't know how long it was, 20-some years, something like that.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I remember hearing it, that. I swear it was over 20 years, so... I had uh I saw something about like the uh in my feed actually. I can't remember it was within the past month or so. It was like the last time the Red Wings didn't make the playoffs. It was like, you know, this athlete was doing this and some other and I can't remember when it was now. That's kind of blanking on me. Yeah. But um so well, yes, that that most certainly qualifies for a rock moment of the week. So that that was an easy, easy topic for me to bring up. And uh, with that, we continue on. And we're going to move into, for this week, uh, the main topic. And I think this is one that a lot of people are getting excited for. I enjoy it. I am not the most knowledgeable person with it and everything. But the draft is coming up. And I know that a ton of people invest a lot into it. I actually got into Brandon pulled me in to the mock draft uh, simulation, (laughs) even though I kind of knew absolutely nothing, which I will be sharing some of my results later. Uh, But this is uh, going to be a lot of Brandon's field house because of him being the lifelong Lions fan. And uh, that is kind of, as we've noted since we've done the revamp for the show, that's kind of his specialty is going to be Lions topics, and this is perfect time to be talking about it. So, Brandon, draft week, what is up?
1: Oh, yeah, it's, it's the best time of the year. Um, other than, you know, the first weekend of games, you know, for college and for the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we always joke every year as Lions fans saying the draft is our Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 you know, it's the, it's the time of year where we're, we're the most excited. Uh, you know, and the Lions, they've got the number eight overall pick this year. So it'll be interesting to see. this It's a really deep draft. It's one of the best drafts probably in years, especially on the defensive line, which is where the Lions need some help. You know, they could use a pass rusher. So, you know, picking at eight, you got teams in front of you that need a quarterback like uh, like the Giants. Um I suppose the Jaguars are probably out of that because they got Nick Foles. You know, whether or not you think Nick Foles is a, a quality quarterback or if he just got lucky in the playoffs. But yeah. And then you got your other teams that are, you know, going to be going in different directions. Um, we're, it sounds like everybody's pretty sure that the Cardinals are going to take uh, Kyler Murray, the, the quarterback from Oklahoma, number mm-hmm. one overall. So okay. that just means that, you know, some of the quality pass rushes are going to slide down to eight for the lions. Um, it's interesting to see, I guess, what other people's thoughts are. You, you, the draft is so unpredictable. You get trades out of nowhere. You get guys getting picked way too high than what they should be. Um, there's always a player that the, all the experts expect to go high that slides down. So yeah. it's interesting to see what the Lions are going to do. Uh, yeah, like I said, the main need is pass rusher. Um they could also go like offensive guard. They they kinda have a hole there since DJ Lang had to retire because of injuries. So, you know, I could see them maybe trading down and going guard. It's not a super deep draft for offensive linemen. Yeah, I know. Defensive that. lineman. there's some fairly decent quarterbacks, you got a lot of good guys in the secondary. Um, and it's a little th- Thin kind of another place, especially the skill positions. Um, you know, and another need of the lines is uh, as a cornerback. They don't really have a true uh, cornerback two behind Darius Slay. So to be, I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they go first round in that. They might not even go second round. You know, that might be the, that may be a, um, a third round or even a fourth round pick.
0: Oh, well, fine. Just screw up my whole <laughs> mock drafts. <laughs> You know, they could go first, they could go first,
1: could go second.
0: Oh, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad.
0: <laughs> so, you were saying how this is a really deep draft and maybe the best one in years. And what I heard was there's less likelihood that the Lions will completely bomb this draft.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, I mean, there's some interesting things that go into it, you can't really. Because this is Bob Quinn's, I think, his... Man, is this his fourth draft? I think it might be his fourth draft Mm -hmm. as a GM of the Lions. Uh, And he, like, he drafts pretty well. He doesn't really screw up too many picks. I mean, he's got some kind of questionable ones in there. He drafted uh, Tease Tabor, who was a defensive back from Florida in the second round two years ago. And the dude ran like a 4'6 40, which is pretty slow for a corner. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he hasn't really shown that he's. hasn't really shown anything <laughs> uh, since he's been drafted. Uh, he's a little slow, obviously. Uh, I think he had the. He was given up the best passer rating of any corner in the league last year. And he only had like one pass defended. Jeez. Yeah, which is awful. Yeah. Um, so that either that's his worst pick, or his first year, he picked a long snapper in the fifth round.
0: Ah, I forgot <laughs> about that. His name was Jimmy
1: Landis. Uh, <sighs> in the preseason, he played, like I think, one or two games, and he got injured, and he was out for the whole season, and they cut him next year.
0: I, I do remember um, that coming up in conversation, because I try to catch um, the draft as much as I can. But, you know, after the first day, Uh, You kind of, I, for me, I kind of follow when I can usually keep track of the lines or some names I'm particularly interested in, you know, maybe mission (laughs) players. So I remember a little bit of that, but so what are your, what are some players that you're thinking with for Detroit this year? I mean, I know it, it really is. And actually uh, to, to give a little bit of a shout out to, I think it was Craig. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you guys were talking about on Twitter He was essentially like What is the point of having so many um, Draft specialists Because he's like one trade And everything gets thrown In the crapshoot
1: Oh yeah and then you have the guys That will do their mocks and throw in trades Like dude you're just guessing Like you have no clue what's going to happen You know I I kind of respect the guys that will You know put some thought into it Give explanations for their picks Be like, you know, this guy left, this guy gets injured all the time, so they might need someone to replace him. Uh, I can respect those guys a little bit, but it's the ones that are like, oh, I'm expecting Carolina to trade with Detroit, and then Detroit's going to draft this corner in the first round. Even though, especially the national guys, like they don't follow the the teams closely, They, you know, because they have to follow every team. And it always makes me laugh what they do for the Lions because – um. Lions GM Bob Quinn has almost like flat out said that they're not going to take a corner in the first round. And there's been numerous national guys just putting corner down for the Lions.
0: Hmm. Uh, But, you know, it could be
1: a smoke screen that happens all the time in the draft. You never know.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm full aware of that. So uh, do you how do you feel about what Mel Kuiper does? Like, I don't know if I've ever asked you that. Oh, God, that guy. (laughs) <laughs> well, like, uh, do, you, do you get annoyed by him as a person, or do you get annoyed by what he puts out there as a quote-unquote product?
1: Dude, sometimes I think the guy, uh, he just finds players to latch onto, and he becomes obsessed with them. Uh, notoriously, a few years ago, you remember Jimmy Clausen, who was the quarterback of Notre Dame? Yeah. He said that he thought, he knew for sure that Jimmy Clausen was going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And that he's like, if Jimmy Clawson, um isn't in the league in like five years or whatever, he's like, I will officially retire. And Jimmy Claussen was gone in like four years. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> he just gets like obsessed with certain guys. And he's another guy that I, I kind of question some of the research he does. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like he just guesses for some teams, you know, the lions being one of them. He's always the guy too, that'll be like on the draft show while they're picking the picks. And he'd be like, Oh my gosh, why is this guy still here? I don't understand why he's still there. And one of them he was doing that with was Johnny Manziel a few years ago.
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I question that guy. Um, you know, he's kind of annoying uh, personally, but you know, his work, Sometimes he's spot on other times, like he's way off and it's usually he's way off. Uh, Guys. I always thought were better were uh, Todd McShay.
0: Okay.
1: And, um, Oh man, I'm blanking on his name. He's the GM of Oakland now.
0: Uh, Oh my gosh. What's his name? Yeah. Let me help you with that. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. That's, that's my sense of (laughs) knowledge.
1: Oh, uh, fine to hear. Anyway, I, I think both of those guys um, were better. Obviously, the guy who's the GM now of Oakland, he doesn't doesn't do it anymore. Mike Mayock.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, I recognize that name. Yeah, I
1: figured you probably knew who he was, just didn't know that he's the GM of the Raiders.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I thought he always had way better insight. Um, you know, everybody's wrong sometimes, but I felt like he was, like, closer to reality <laughs> than Mel yeah. Kiper.
0: Well, uh, especially since I feel like so much was sports, to I me. Mean, and that's the thing, too, that we will reiterate here because um, this has been the case with when Craig was here. And this is going to be the case when with Brandon being here. We're just going to be real. We're not going to try to get on those. Uh, what's hot hype hype trains um, uh, clickbait, essentially. I mean, there might be something that comes up where we honestly have something that might be more unique than something you might hear somewhere else. But we're not deliberately going to pull something out of our butts and say, oh, my gosh, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a trade <laughs> with Detroit and the Patriots in the first round, and it's going to be epic.
1: Yeah, let's just say we're going to be less uh, Mel Kuiper and we're going to be a little bit more Adam Schefter.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that comparison. So, yeah, I mean, like, there will be some things... Like, it's the age of Stephen A. Smith, you know? How loud can you be and how obnoxious? Because then then you don't even get the clickbait because, you know, it's such a wild idea. You're also getting the attention because people just want to argue at you at that mm-hmm. point. And that's... I mean, if you disagree with us, fine. You know, that's the case. That's the case. But we're not going to deliberately make up something or try to bring attention that way. We're just... Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> uh, so um what uh, so I know I don't know if you have any of your mock drafts or if you have like the one mock draft for what your best bets are? I, th- I think you do, because you've been working on it a little bit. what What are some of the names that you think are going to be the most likely for the lines coming for the draft?
1: Um, I haven't finished my mock draft yet. I was going to post that probably this week, uh, you know, a few days before the draft starts, which which is Thursday. Um, you know, a few guys that I think will be there for the lions that will fit their team. Um, well, I could tell you one guy that would fit their defense like a glove, but they won too many pointless games at the end of the season. So mm-hmm. they, <laughs> they kind of slid down in the draft. Um, but that's Josh Allen. He's a, a defensive end from uh, Kentucky.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, he's, he's extremely versatile and athletic. Uh, he could play defensive end. He could play outside linebacker, which fits, fits the line's defense pretty well because they run a hybrid uh, 4-3, 3-4. So, uh, man, he would be perfect. And I just don't see him sliding. Like, he's too good. He's going to go probably in the top five, I would think. Uh, a few guys that I think will be there for the Lions. Um, you got Montez Sweat. Uh, he originally played for Michigan State, and he transferred to um Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very good uh, defensive end. Maybe not as uh, naturally gifted as some other guys, but you know he put up a lot of numbers, or big numbers. I, I believe he had 14 sacks last year. Um, he showed up really well at the Senior Bowl as well, and I know that Bob Quinn really, um, really takes that into consideration. He loves production more than he does, uh, you know, what a guy could possibly do. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a few more guys. Uh, obviously, Bosa. He's going to be gone. Probably second overall. Uh, Quinn and Williams, defensive tackle from Alabama, will likely be gone as well. Um, another guy where I'm not sure where he's going to fall is Ed Oliver. Okay. He's a, he's a defensive tackle for Houston. Um, he's a three time All American. He's, he's very good. Uh, he really showed up well at the combine and in his pro day. Uh, he's very fast for his size. He's getting comparisons to Aaron Donald, who plays for the, the Rams. Okay. Little, a little undersized for defensive tackle, but he's strong. He could play inside. He could play outside, I think. That'd be a guy that I could see the Lions taking. Okay. And there's questions with Montez Sweat because he had off-the-field issues at Michigan State. I mean, what Michigan State player doesn't?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breaking news.
1: Uh, yeah, he also has a heart issue as well. Uh, kind of like Mohurst, Hurst, they found a heart issue with him at the Combine which caused him to slide down in the second round. Hmm. So I don't know if sweat's going to go to the second round, but he might slide, he might slide down. So it might not be an option for the lions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's the trade down option, which I'd be fine with if I couldn't get sweat or, uh, or Oliver right now, uh, you know, if I was drafting for the lions and Ed Oliver was there at eight, I would take him okay. just because of his versatility and, uh, you know, the quality of player he is. Uh, I think, lastly, the last person that a lot, I know a lot of the fans that I follow on Twitter have been talking about is Brian Burns. He's a, primarily an outside linebacker for Florida State, but he's also considered an edge rusher that can, you know, play on the end of the line there, kind of like a defensive end. Mm-hmm. He's a little undersized. Uh, there's talk that he played at like, Two hundred and twenty pounds last year, oh. <laughs> so he's he's gonna have to bulk up a little bit to play in the NFL. And I don't know. He has all the intangibles. Um, he's a great athlete. He's quick. He's got a great bend around the corner around linemen. Um, but I I don't know. I don't know if I'd be willing to whisk to risk that at eight. Yeah, you know, if I could trade down, maybe I'll take him, or you know, even take Devin Bush from Michigan. Okay, that's a, that's another guy I like. Um, yeah, I was, that's probably their options in the first round.
0: Okay, I was going to mention real quick that I did four mock drafts. Yeah, and um, the three mock drafts that were I feel like turned out better than others. The first ones I had were uh, Montez Sweat, uh, Quinn and mm-hmm. Williams and then at Oliver. So yes, yeah. I was familiar with the people you were talking about, a little familiar, <laughs> N- knew a little bit. Um, but what you just said actually fits perfectly with what I want to ask next, which is if there was a Michigan player that you could see Detroit picking up or wh- who's the most likely that you could see Detroit potentially picking up of the Michigan players that are in the draft. There we go. If I can spit that out right. Oh. Just in your own opinion, I mean, obviously it's not. you talking like first round or just anywhere just through the overall, draft? overall, like if the, if the Lions were going to get a Michigan player at any point in the draft, who do you think would be the most likely?
1: Well, I know that um, Craig and I and our friend Jason um, are a little worried that the Lions might bite on Rashawn Gary at eight. Um, I mean, at- Gary, good kid hard worker, um, you know, freak athlete, but the production is just not there. I, I just just questions on that.
0: Yeah. I feel like eight's too high for him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if we traded down, I guess, and got an extra, like, maybe like a second round pick, and then we decided we were going to take Gary with our trade, you know, our first round pick that we traded down for, you know, I might be a little more okay with it, but even then, I think, you know, if I was trading down in the first round and I was going to take a Michigan player, it would probably be Devin Bush.
0: Okay.
1: Just because of what he brings to the game. um, You know, and what the Lions need, to They could use another outside linebacker. And uh, Bush, I feel like he's, he could play in coverage. He could, you know, blitz a quarterback. Uh, he's got great instincts and great lateral speed. So, you know, it would fit great. Uh, another guy I can see him taking, maybe in like the second or third round, is David Long. Okay, he he kind of fits what um, Matt Patricia wants to do with his defense. Uh, he's got decent size, I believe he's I believe he's just under six foot, but he's got great speed and he plays physical. So I know that he that Matt Patricia really loves physical corners, guys that can tackle, guys that can jam you at the line.
0: Nice. Sweet. Well, uh, do you have anything else to add uh, draft wise or because I I just had a few questions for you. I don't know what else you want to add. You already did mention that you'll be releasing your your mock draft. I'm not going to publicly put mine out. I'll I'll tell mine here in a minute. I'm not going to like publicly post it to be dissected. I'll leave that to you because you have (laughs) you have a better understanding than I do.
1: Yeah. uh, I don't know. I guess a couple other guys I I'd like to see the Lions take a look at. Um, You know, they could use a backup quarterback. I mean, right now they got Connor Cook, who really he really struggled in Oakland. Um, You know, we kind of questioned him even when he was at state. Like, yeah, he won a lot of games, but, you know, had a good team around him. Mm -hmm. He didn't really flash like anything great. I mean. Uh, I, I just don't see him as a backup. I don't think he, he's much of an upgrade over Jake Rudock that we had. So, um, you know, one guy I'd like to see the Lions take a look at, and they actually went and visit him on his campus is uh, Tyree Jackson. He's a quarterback for Buffalo. Yeah. Uh yeah, man, he's a big dude. He's like, I think he's six foot seven, and like two hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, he's got a I... cannon for an arm, like a super strong arm. Uh, pretty mobile for his size. Uh, he's a good athlete. You know, I'd like to see us take maybe take a chance on him in, like, the fourth round, maybe. Uh, we might have to pick him a little higher just because of his size and his athletic ability. Uh, I mean, let's see. What else will we need? Uh, there's some kind of later round guys that I like. Um, we got Khalil Hodge, who's an outside linebacker f- for Buffalo as well. Um, they kind of fly under the radar there at Buffalo (laughs) They make some good players. Uh, Khalil Mack being one of them for the bears. Uh, Mm Um, but Hodge, uh, kind of like the unsung guy. He wasn't even invited to the combine. He shows some good athletic ability. Uh, you know, he produced pretty well. He had a lot of tackles in Buffalo. Uh, I'd be interested to see if the lions would take a chance on him. Uh, let's see one more guy. Uh, there's a lot of good wide receivers out there. Uh, there isn't really, like, the true, like, dominant wide receiver in this draft. Closest to that would probably be uh, DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. But you got a lot of, got a lot of like, guys that are going to be good players and maybe not great. But, I mean, that's kind of what the Lions need. They need playmakers. Um, one guy I'd like to see is, is Keelan Doss. He's from UC Davis. Uh, You know, he's got a decent size. I believe he's about... I think he's 6'2". Got about 200 pounds. Uh, He was very productive. But, you know, UC Davis is is a small school. Mm -hmm. So you really got to question the competition he was playing, level of competition. Yeah. But I know that the Lions like him a lot. They had a visit with him. I think they were the only team that visited him at the Combine. So that's interesting. Mm. Um, And I'd like to see, you know them take him maybe like the sixth round. I mean, that could be a steal.
0: Okay. Now you said, uh, it, real kind of quick question. Cause you don't need to break it down. What do you know, or what's your opinion on what the deepest position in the draft is? Cause I'll quickly interject from me doing the mock drafts and everything. Is it the wide receiver?
1: The deepest position in the draft? Yeah.
0: Or the most, uh, like... I would
1: say defensive line.
0: Okay. I just uh, you got a point, lot
1: of really really good like elite prospects at the defensive line, and you got a lot of other guys that could be pretty good. Okay. Uh, but there is a lot of good receivers too, so you make a good point there. I'd say that's the second deepest.
0: Yeah, my maybe deepest isn't the the way that I would say. Maybe like the most populated one because deepest implies that you know the talent run runs deep. Um yeah. Maybe more what I was getting at was the most players in the draft like uh, draft eligible from a specific group so
1: oh yeah it's always receivers receivers and corners okay because we're gonna have your most prospects at
0: interesting so uh well anything else or is this no i don't
1: think so um i mean i'm shining moment (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna post my um, mock draft later on but i'm interested to see what you get
0: okay I I did four and there was one that I felt was just terrible and (laughs) I've got two that I feel that are stronger. So I'm going to, I don't know. I'm kind of torn because part of the first, uh, I'm going to share one. And then after I'm done with it, if you're just like, okay, now I want to hear what your other one was, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll share it. But I feel like this one might be the strongest one Okay. as I'm like raising my voice in a questioning tone, (laughs) but I'm just going to go with it. So uh for the rounds for lines, I have with their eighth pick, uh well first pick, eighth overall, Montez Sweat, as we talked about, uh defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh so nothing groundbreaking breaking there. But moving along uh, down the line then with uh the forty third pick, I had them taking cornerback Julian Love from Notre Dame.
1: Okay, yeah, that'd be a nice, nice pick there.
0: Yeah, and so this this is where there were Two things that I kind of got um, fan geeky about because I was just like, oh, my gosh, I would love to see a little bit more of this. So you, we were talking about the quarterback needs and everything. I actually then had Tyree Jackson in the third round. Um, OK. And for their pick there at 88. And then I realized after I looked at their needs and what I picked, I was like, oh, I'm this may have been my biggest mistake with this part. And at the 111th pick, I had them taking David Montgomery, the running back out of Iowa State. Okay. So I, I, I look at that. That's the biggest thing that sticks out to me where I'm just like, I probably messed up with that one. But then continuing <laughs> on with their needs, uh, I had them then taking uh, the linebacker, uh, Ben Burr-Kirvin from Washington. Um, and after that, Alex Bars, uh, inside offensive line from Notre Dame. Uh, And then Darius Slayton, wide receiver from Auburn, Ricky Walker inside defensive line from Virginia Tech and finishing off with Andrew Wingard, a safety from Wyoming. So I I felt that one turned out pretty good. Again, to clarify, for those of you who may just be joining our uh, listening to our show, I am not an expert or well versed (laughs) at this. so.
1: um kind of a a funny thing uh did you notice when you were doing your draft probably in the second round uh one of the corners has like the greatest name ever
0: uh his I name mean...
1: his name is Rocky
0: <laughs> oh i missed that
1: <laughs> which i think is hilarious it sounds like a christian um music festival
0: it oh my gosh it does <laughs>
1: <laughs> rocky Sin. <laughs> also i mean his first name's rock <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that's the perfect Blue Brothers uh, pick there.
0: <laughs> that, I, I did not see that, because if I had seen that, I definitely would have brought that up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. Uh, so what's your bad one? you got to tell me your bad
0: one now. Okay, the the really bad one? Yeah. Um. Which? Is it this one? Oh, actually, you know what? I I guess I didn't I did have Rocky as but I saw Rocky as the first name, oh. not Rock, so I missed it. Okay, no, but yeah. So here's here's the one that I was not overall impressed with. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I felt like there weren't names that I recognized very well. Yeah. Uh, so the first pick was uh, Quinnen Williams uh, inside defensive line that we talked about Alabama. Um, yeah, that'd
1: be an awesome pick if he if he slid down to eight.
0: Yeah, I saw him slide down to eight and I was like, uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh then it was uh Rocky Sin. Um again yeah, like which I, I would I, like too. That he's a big dude and he's good. Yeah, I saw Rocky, so there's a fail on my part. <laughs> um, but then again, still with the whole like I want us to be able to have a worthy backup quarterback for whatever the mm-hmm. future may hold. I took the West Virginia quarterback Will Greyer. Okay. Yeah. Um, And for their third pick and fourth, I took Josh Oliver, tight end from San Jose State. Um, Mike Edwards, safety from Kentucky. Uh, Javon Patterson, inside offensive line from Mississippi. Carl Granderson, uh, edge rusher from Wyoming. Jamal. Custis wide receiver from Syracuse and Ulysses Gilbert, the third linebacker from Akron. All
1: right. Um, yeah, uh, man, what was your, what was your, um, fourth round pick again?
0: Uh, Josh Oliver, the tight end.
1: Yeah, I actually like him a lot. Uh, he's very athletic, very fast. Okay. Uh, The only knock on him is he's not very physical. Hmm. Uh, not the greatest blocker. Uh, But I mean, if you use them in certain packages and you just want to be a receiver, uh, I mean, that could work out, too.
0: Nice. Well, yeah, so that one was kind of like, uh, I don't know, like basically outside of the first pick, I was just kind of like, I don't know how this is going to (laughs) look. So because there was a lot of names I wasn't familiar with. Basically, after the fourth or fifth round, it's it's really wide open for me for being able to recognize anybody on that list unless they played for like a big 10 school or something that I recognize. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, not, not, not too terrible maybe, but it'll be interesting to see. I'll be saving these. So we'll be, I'll still be comparing after the fact, but
1: yeah, I always like to do that too. You know, make my mock and then kind of compare it to what the, the lions take. Uh, Was it last year? I think was it last year? It might've been two years ago. They only took like one player that I had like that I wanted them to take. And that was, uh, uh, it was two years ago. It was Jamal Agnew. He was a defensive back from San Diego. And he's like, he's a really good return, man. Nice. He scored a few touchdowns in his, his rookie season. He got a little banged up last year and he didn't play too
0: much. Interesting. Uh, are you, are you good with that then?
1: Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, obviously, we'll do a follow up um, the next week, just to kind of like talk about what the Lions picked, um, maybe where some Michigan players
0: went. Yeah, do you okay. know in yet Minnesota. if Jason's going to join us or? Um,
1: he said, I think he said he's going to call in, so we'll see.
0: Okay, all right, and uh, then that will go ahead and bring us into our next segment. This day. <laughs> and this is where we talk about just the biggest garbage or trash play sports, perhaps non-sports related each week. And so uh, Brandon is bringing this segment to us here. What do you got?
1: <laughs> I feel like I had to say this one. Um, I don't know if you saw, but the Golden State Warriors blew a 31 point lead to the Clippers in the playoffs.
0: Oh, I did see that. And they lost
1: that game 135 to 131.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: I think it was an NBA record wasn't it
0: I think so too now was that was there any controversy behind that one I did not watch the game and I did not see Sports Center. was there something with that where it was one of those they felt victim of the um uh of some of the officials and something like that I, I could be completely uh, um, wrong I
1: mean everybody makes those excuses yeah. um I like I love how Michigan fans are always like, oh, Michigan State's always so quick to, you know, blame the refs. But you guys, it's like you guys do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not really one to blame the refs super fast, but I know a lot of people. I'm friends with a lot of people who do that. But you know, as far as I know, no one was complaining about the refs too much in that Warriors Clippers game.
0: Yeah, I. But it uh, wouldn't what... surprise me. Yeah, I complain about the refs, not so much for an outcome of the the game, unless, you know, it's something very plain obvious that's terrible. Mm -hmm. But I do do blame them for being stupid. I I will definitely not.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean, I'll call, like, oh, that was a bad call. But, I mean, I'll do it on both sides,
0: even. Oh, yeah, yeah. Try to be a little unbiased there, but, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, that's, yeah, I kind of glazed over that one this week. So... Yeah, we talked about the hockey playoffs a little bit last week with how interesting things have gone with that, and then can't forget the NBA playoffs. The first round of the NBA playoffs always seem to be a little weird. I I usually they're it.
1: boring because like the teams that you think are gonna win win.
0: Yeah, so there's that. It'll get things will get a little bit more interesting as the weeks go on, but we're not expecting a lot with piston stock anytime soon but you know maybe some years down the road but that will then uh bring us to what we would like to wrap up the show with we do our little bit two-minute drill uh we throw a bunch of different stuff at you guys as happened in the last week worth talking about worth bringing up uh but kind of as quickly as possible so here we go all right, uh, transfer portal news for Michigan as cornerback uh, Miles Sims had entered the transfer portal and the Michigan fan base has once again entered into chaos. Brandon.
1: Uh, the St. Louis Blues beat the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs uh, game five when they were down 2-0 to start the third, and it came back 1-3-2. to two. Caleb?
0: All right, well, still sticking with Michigan football as uh, rumor has it. Harbra has not interfered whatsoever or changed any installment that Gaddis has done with the offense uh, to this day. People are skeptical, and I guess time will only tell. Brandon,
1: uh, you know I always like to throw in my wrestling every once in a while. Here, <laughs> uh, they just had uh, the stu- the superstar shakeup where they pretty much kind of like to trade guys back and forth. Um, and as of now, there's no secondary title on Raw. So Finn Balor went to SmackDown. He's the Intercontinental Champion. Samoa Joe is already there. He's the U.S. Champion. Caleb?
0: All right. Well, still sticking with uh, college football, the NCAA might actually be doing something right. Uh, they have defeated a proposed rule to slow graduate transfers. Along with that, they will now allow walk-ons to transfer and have immediate eligibility to play. Also, for early enrollees, Uh, They will have the ability to leave and play immediately if their head coach also leaves. Brandon.
1: Uh, The Saginaw Spirit hockey team is in the semifinals. Uh, They're up 2-0 over the Guelph Storm. Caleb.
0: Okay, I have just been sticking with college football all around. Still sticking with Michigan football then. Uh, Don Brown says they've incorporated several new concepts to bring fans' minds to ease. And there is going to be more zone concepts, so hopefully another Ohio State game will not happen like it did last year and right under the buzzer, I believe. All right. All right, all right, all right. Going out in style. Yeah. (laughs) I I always kind of question, like, I'm just like, all right, how how much are we going to fit in? How much are we going to fit in? And it worked out. Yeah.
1: You might sound like the Micro Machines guy a little bit towards the end, but once you can (laughs) get it all in, that's good.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess what we can do, how about let's put this out there for anybody who wants to, um, jump in on this. So the draft will start on Thursday. We record on Sunday night. So if anybody wants to call anytime between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, leave us a voicemail. Um, and we will, and let us know what you're thinking with the picks that Detroit has been doing. Mm -hmm. and we'll share those on the show if you'd like if you're interested in and that'll be a part of our show next week uh feel free to call the voicemail is 551-258-3276 uh easy to remember because it's 551 blue bro b-l-u-e-b-r-o uh i would we're certainly interested to get uh people's thoughts and everything on what the Lions have done and what is going on with them. Uh, also feel free to call and leave a voicemail about anything else we've uh, talked about, but with the draft being the center point of this coming week, I'm sure that will probably be on everybody's mind. Uh, Brandon, anything else you want to mention or.
1: Uh, I mean, call in, even if you're not a fan of the Lions, you know, if you're a Steelers fan or a Browns fan, um, call in. I'd be interested to, to hear that side. You know, different teams perspective.
0: Yeah, actually, that's a very good point. If you guys if you guys listen to us for uh, that, that's actually a really good point. I think we'll need to kind of open things up a little bit more uh, as we go on. Since we're broadening things for the show, since we're touching things on the uh, NFL and in college, if you listen to our show for, you know, Michigan football, but you're not a Lions fan and you have some input on the draft, by all means, call. Uh, mm-hmm. Vice versa, if you listen to the show because you are a Lions fan but you are not a Michigan college football fan, you're a college football fan of something else, if you've got input or thoughts on something, by all means, call. We'd be interested. So, uh, yeah, that's a good thing to bring up. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, though, I think I think we're good. Yeah. Expect a full five-page blog article from brandon by next week for the marvel endgame avengers endgame movie if we don't have it he's getting fired from the show
1: i think you kind of screwed up and he said blog because it's definitely going to be a vlog oh yeah it's
0: 2019 i gotta catch up you know what really grinds my gears so no don't don't hold your breath on that one but, uh, yeah, I think we'll finish off there. Uh, we always appreciate everybody tuning in. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. It's always a good time to sit and chat about sports with Brandon. And we will be back next week, like we said, focusing on the results uh, thereof from the 2019 NFL draft. So, until next time, we will finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.